0: Will the Todd Bates haters please sit down? Though I bet I'm not going to find uh, very many Todd Bates haters on this Monday. After the biggest recruiting win since, I don't know, text line, let us know. 405-651-3439. I think it could be arguably your biggest recruiting win on the defensive side since Tommy Harris. But oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that one. Um, Parker? We said for months, we said for basically a year, the success or failure on this class Mm -hmm. was going to largely depend on David Stone Mm -hmm. and insert some recruiting momentum, my friends. They got their guy. Man.
1: They got their guy. What a win. And now the question is, how can you build off this momentum? And who else can Stone and Oklahoma get on board late in the cycle here to really put the finishing touches on a class that is now top 10 nationally? Yeah. And certainly has the chance to be top five if a few of these high-profile decisions down the stretch go their way.
0: You had to have this one, and you got it. six four two seventy. the local ties that you have with David Stone, the type of player that David Stone is, the, these are the types of players that you are going to need in the SEC. You are going to need them, even if you were staying in the Big 12, if OU wanted to get back to being a great defense, but... Getting Todd Bates was big for, or getting a, um, well, getting Todd Bates was, sure. Yes. But getting David Stone was big for many reasons. And I, I don't know, like, has there been a consensus on this is OU's biggest recruiting win since, like, Gerald McCoy or Tommy Harris? I know well, the two it, most popular answers. Well, I, biggest recruiting win since, and this is not a sexy
1: answer, but I would say biggest recruiting win since Peyton Bowen. Yeah. Well, that was, now, that one worked. Yeah. If you want to go back further than Bowen. Yeah, from the defensive side of the ball in particular, because I would say before Peyton Moe it was Caleb Williams, but if you're talking defensive players, you've got to go back a ways, man. you got to go back a ways to find another time that Oklahoma had to win this big on the trail for a
0: defensive player as prestigious as David Stone. Yeah, man. What He said that it was Miami until the final call from Todd Bates. There's a thought out there that, well, maybe he's actually been silently committed for a while I don't know which side that you really want to believe on that one, but does it really matter? The, the kid's committed. He's in your class. Recruiting momentum. Everyone feels really good about this one. And now the question really is, like, how does this help you moving forward? I, I'm sure that David Stone helps your chances with Dominic McKinley. I guess we'll find out pretty soon just how much. But this um, this gives it, it feels like it's going to give you a recruiting bump that you've been you've been waiting on, maybe since the Taylor Tatum commitment. Ronnie Crimson for recruiter of the month. Yeah, yeah. D- Ronnie Crimson got his credit on social media this weekend, and I was happy to see that. And I uh, I wanted to contribute to the Ronnie Crimson hype. That man's two for two so far. That man's two for two. I mean, he's he's undefeated so far with prospects. So Ronnie, I know that you tweeted. Uh, Every single day for close to a year. Congratulations, sir. I, I hope you had a fantastic weekend celebrating that one. Brad from Shawnee says, biggest
1: recruiting win since Tommy Harris. Yes, this is the turning point for the OU defense. Excited.
0: Yeah, turning point. Like Some might say, well, whoa, let's let's see a little bit. Let's see the proof on the field. But, but I think the point, and it could be right, maybe we'll look back at two years and say that was dead on balls accurate. But we've just been saying for so long, Parker, if they can just get that first big-time interior defensive line prospect, that five-star that they've been chasing that everyone wants, maybe when they get that guy, that's when the narrative starts to change a little bit about OU defensively and their chances at five-star defensive line prospects. Now, they still got another one on the board, again, a dominant McKinley. But maybe what we've said for years now, ends up becoming true now that David Stone's on board. Maybe it starts to change the perception a little bit.
1: Tyler from Kellyville says, Am I the only one who saw the Miami flag in the background, LOL? Yeah, look, I, <laughs> David Stone's family would have preferred Miami. And that's why, like, yeah. I'm sitting there hours prior to the decision and time is ticking away to when we find out for sure where David Stone's going to commit. And, you know, I'm getting texts, I'm hearing things, and I'm like, man... Is OU gonna get screwed over by a mom who prefers another school again? But in the end, and you heard David Stone say it. Yeah, look, my family wanted me at Miami, but I wanted to come home, and I decided
0: to do what I wanted to do. And, and I had it, to be selfish. Those those were his words. I had to be selfish. And Todd Bates has caught some arrows on this show and and other shows on the station, right? But let let's think about let's think about how OU won this recruiting battle, Parker. With all that being said, right, it is no secret whatsoever that mom and the rest of the family wanted him at Miami, okay? And now the rumors of the NIL bag from Miami for David Stone aren't out there like the Williams-Wenary recruitment, but we can go ahead and guess that it was a lot of money that was on the table, right? So Miami may have had the better NIL offer, probably did, and Miami had the family on their side as well, and still Todd Bates was able to win out on this recruitment. It just, I mean, all of that to say... What an incredible job. What an incredible way of closing by him. Especially when it felt like Miami had all this momentum down the stretch. Todd Bates and OU held him off, and uh, they get David Stone's commitment. Wow. What a happy moment that was. I know so many people were watching uh, what, ESPN2 on Saturday night, and when he started to reach for that Miami hat, uh, my heart sunk, and it was like, oh, God, no way. But even when he reached and picked up the OU hat, Parker, I sat there. I said, "There's no. He 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 got to put on the OU hat first and throw the horns down before <laughs> I know I start that's what it's come it. to.
1: That's basically what it's come to these days because these kids have a zillion different hat fakes that they pull out to try and disguise. Literally, just to try to give people heart attacks. Like that's the only reason."
0: They literally just want to give people heart attacks. Well, they did for a, a split second for me. Gary from uh, Couch Cafeteria says, Three Star U is no more. Uh, no more uh, 405 or David Stone's parents greedy. I can't think of another reason they prefer Miami. Uh, I, apparently they like the area. Like, you, know, you know, whatever. But you got him. You got him. You had to have this one in this class. You got him, and the mood was going to be... Totally, op- either it's a, happy, it's a happy one today, or it was going to be doom and gloom unlike we've seen before. And uh, I feel like everyone's happy, super optimistic. It's a perfect combination, Parker, of game week being here and getting a, a, a legit five-star defensive line prospect. Brad from Shawnee perfect also combo. says,
1: Todd Bates haters retreat back to your basements. Jay and Tulsa says, hey Parker, is David Stone a big-time peer recruiter? Is he that guy? Uh, Yeah, he is. And we've talked about that reality in the past with David Stone, is that once he got on board, he could be the face of your class very publicly. And that's what Oklahoma expects him to be. That's what he's already been in the, what, 48 hours, not even, since he announced his commitment. He's already been tweeting at Caden Durham, which, look, not going to happen. He's been tweeting at Nigel Smith. What I'm curious about is I, I fully expect Nigel Smith to be a Sooner on September 8th. Sure. What I'm curious about, and I I get that people are kind of tapped out on the whole deal, so I don't want to pound this storyline. I don't want to beat a dead horse, uh, at least until we start to see some substantial movement, or at least until he loops back to Oklahoma for another visit. But I'm interested to see whether this has any gravitational pull on williamson winery
0: well it's hard not to go there when even gerald mccoy is tweeting out saturday night hey missouri tigers don't think it's over with the kid either we're just getting started stay yeah, tuned and it,
1: and it was hilarious that you know the the missouri side tried to explain away the gloves by saying oh it just matches his just matches his uniform his home uniform and then instantly all the, the entire ref army i imagine quote tweeted those tweets with the picture of Williams Wineri from Union High School yeah. a week prior where he's wearing
0: the white jersey and he's still got the Crimson O. U. gloves. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's something for sure. And I I love how some Missouri fan was trying to come after Gerald McCoy's NFL uh career and saying it was trash and not any good like yeah, thank you for telling us that you pay no attention whatsoever to uh, football. Nice job there, D.A. From the 918, put on the OU hat. I wasn't confident until he left that table with the hat still on. I, 100%. percent K.W. of the 918, I won't argue Ron Crimson being Recruiter of the Month, but I think Todd Bates' nemesis should be granted an honorable mention for giving it up to Coach Bates today, LOL. How um, We, we know how big Todd Bates was in this recruitment. We know Ronnie Crimson and his involvement in this as well. It would feel like, or it feels like, Gerald McCoy was big in the David Stone recruitment. How big was Gerald McCoy in the uh, recruitment of David Stone?
1: I, he, he was a factor. Was he a huge factor? No, I don't think so. I think the big factors were David Stone being an Oklahoma kid, Oki born and bred, growing up a Sooner fan, having as much love for the university as he, had, and also Todd Bates. Running point relationally. NIL was also a significant contributor to the equation. Sure. It was. Yeah. If Oklahoma didn't have their NIL together
0: and weren't willing to pay up for David Stone, plain and simple, they would not have I'm happy to hear that, right? I mean, because it goes against what some have said for a while, you know, OU's poor, they're broke, they're not active in NIL. And what you're saying is well, I there, there are other recruitments and I think Williams Wenari would be one. They've just been outbid maybe a, a few times. But OU's had some very healthy offers on the table for big-time prospects and David Stone was no different. He's he's going to have some NIL opportunities when he when he arrives at OU. Yeah. Uh a- Aaron and Lubbock, our Texas Tech buddy says David Stone has even started recruiting me. Aaron, I feel like you are so close, so close to rooting for OU this year. I really I, I really I feel like we could just be a couple of weeks away. Tech gets off to a bad start. OU's starting to play some better defense. You know, things are going all right. I think uh, we're on flip watch here listen, with Aaron Listen, and
1: Aaron. Yvonne Carriana already made the move. You can do the same. It's good enough for him. It's good enough for him. It's got uh, to be good enough for you Somebody well. in the 214 says, two-star Teddy reverse psychology for the win. Was Teddy spreading David Stone
0: negativity last week? Uh, that is the understatement of the century. Really? He puts, he said, David Stone to Miami 70% on Friday. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, uh, it, it lit things up, man. You, you should have seen the, the, the text line, two o'clock on. I, I, we actually gave him the name. Like, he, normally when he comes on locked in, he's two star Teddy. He's actually recruiting Doomer three now for everything that he said on Friday afternoon. to Miami. He didn't have any inside information, Parker, but he was just looking at the situation, how much Miami is probably offering, what's happened with uh, the five-star defensive linemen and OU here recently, and he was just saying, I I feel like I'm watching the same story all over again. So he put it at 70%. David Stone luckily picks OU. Or Todd Bates just so happened to call him at 3 p.m. on Saturday and uh, change his opinion. I, I will say this, everything
1: that Teddy allegedly said kind of lines up with what David Stone said, though, right? So I I know it can be very difficult to get to the heart of the truth in a situation like this, and it can be difficult to completely believe everything that has been put out there. But I, I, I'll say this, I'll just say this, regarding the stone, because obviously I was checked out for most of the... Most of the final days of that recruitment, up until about 48 hours before Stone announced, the Miami thing was very real. It was very real.
0: But, in the end, Oklahoma got a win. Yeah, you know what's weird? Like, last week, and we always knew that regardless of how OU or we failed about David Stone going to OU, it was going to get weird at the end. And I know that you were out last week, but Parker, it got really weird in the end. Because, yeah. The Miami, the Miami push was a real thing, but every crystal ball that came in last week, be it you know from Michigan State insiders, A&M insiders, national analysts, all the crystal balls and future cast went to OU, but at the same time, no one really felt good about their OU prediction. It was, I mean, I think it's going to be OU, but believe all this Miami hype and this Miami buzz. So even though all the predictions came in for OU, nobody felt good about it on Friday, man. Zane says, my
1: family has traditionally enjoyed David Stone Day
0: more than David Hicks Day. Uh, same. Same.
1: <laughs> Brad right.
0: from Shawnee, I'm still shaking my head about the guy who crystal Stone to Miami 30 minutes before his commitment. Yeah, wasn't that a Michigan State guy that did that? It was. Uh, listener, listener in the 260 says, Miami was a pawn and nothing more. Kid was
1: always going to OU. Now, m- might it be true that the kid was always going to OU? Yes. Was Miami just a pawn? No. Because I can tell you what David Stone said about his family having the preference for Miami is 100% accurate.
0: 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, you guys are killing it already. We'll talk David Stone. We'll talk Nigel Smith. We'll talk Dominant McKinley. It's all OU in the Sour right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McCombus and Thune. Live on the Ref, we are the Homeless Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? It's game week, and I see you listening nationwide on the free KREF app where, hey, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, social media posts, we just broke KREF records last week with the number of uh, listens that we had on the KREF app. We appreciate that. I know my buddy John's listening in Key West right now. Hope you're enjoying your time down there at the beach. Emporia, Kansas is tuned in. Laurel, Mississippi. Salem, Oregon. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Laverne, California, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Small town of the day. I know this is a first-timer. A little bit surprised when it pulled up on the app map. Ninicaw, Oklahoma. Ninakaw. Where is in that? Ninicaw, Oklahoma. Very close to uh, Chickasha. Okay. Around gotcha. the area uh, gotcha. where I grew up. Very small town. A so. record-breaking week, you said. Yeah. Clearly, I
1: need to go on vacation more often. That's the only logical conclusion. Dude, I mean,
0: great things happened in... Also, rec- just... Outside of the David Stone, like last week was a great week. Like David Stone aside, getting Eli Bowen, getting Andy Bass. Last week was one hell well, of and a And Eli Bowen kind of out of nowhere, out, too, out of like. nowhere, man. Like five fifty eight, we're about to sign off, and someone texted, in, "Hey, Eli Bowen just committed to OU." What? What? Huh? What? Okay. I mean, I guess he did say that he wanted to commit before his season started, so he was. Which he did. <laughs> he was. He was. He was true to that, but it was Made one the heck cut. of to get. Uh, no, look. It, it was Saturday. was was awesome. Like in the moment of that announcement, it was it was a lot of fun. And then Todd Bates puts out a video and essentially says, "Sooner Nation, you're not going to believe who's next." Do you want to take a guess as to who he's hinting that at? There, I mean, is he hinting at Dominic McKinley on well, Friday, look, or if, like what's 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 that about? If it's Dominic McKinley, that would be seismic.
1: I don't expect it to be Dominic McKinley. I think Texas has assumed a lead there, a healthy one at that. And with the timeline now being just we're, – we're four days away from a decision for Dominic McKinley. There's really not a whole lot of time for things to change there. And so if Oklahoma wants to add McKinley to the class, they're going to have to work hard. They're going to have to work fast. Uh, I am inclined to believe right now that Oklahoma rounds out their defensive line class with Danny Okoye with Nigel Smith and then you see whether you can turn the tide with And that's, a, hell of a, that's a
0: great class, right yeah, there. Yeah, if you if you flip if, into Winary, great. Yeah. If not, you'll take that. But that's where everyone immediately where they went is what is he talking about Winary? Is he talking about Dominic McKinley coming up on Friday? We hey come on, we know we're gonna get Nigel Smith on September eighth. He can't be talking about that. Who's yeah, who's he talking about? You get Wyatt Gilmore, Jaden Jackson, David Stone Um, You get Danny Okoye, and then you get Nigel Smith. That is, again, to go back to storylines that we've been talking about for months, that's the best defensive line class you've had maybe in the modern era of recruiting. Right? Anyone got an issue with that? If that's what your defensive line class ends up being? I have no issue with that whatsoever. That's That's two. That's two. That's at least two top 100 players. Okoye... Maybe he gets in the top one hundred by the time it's all said and done, but that's at least two top one hundred. Yeah. And players. then
1: if you if you succeed in flipping Noinari, eventually it goes from good to legendary.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Slim Brady says, and then we grab uh, Hicks in the portal. Uh, Peyton says, Nigel Smith, come on down. Seven one two from the state of Iowa. Always love the show, guys. To me, the biggest key to signing the current OU commits and flip Noinari, and possibly others would be OU has a great season with 11 wins or more, and Missouri have their customary 6-7 and seven season. Boomer, Jim from Northern Wisconsin. Oh, so he's got a Iowa phone number, but he's in Northern Wisconsin. Very nice. Thank you, Jim. That is the next step, though. I, I don't know. Um, I Now that we're 24 hours removed from this, are you nervous at all about OU's chances to keep David Stone committed? I, is this going to be to fights all the way to signing day? How do we how do we view this commitment?
1: I look. The kid made his decision, and that's why I think this is pretty secure, because it's a lot easier to flip a kid when the primary onus behind his decision to commit elsewhere is the pressure from either peers or family members or somebody other than himself. Right? And David Stone freely acknowledged on Saturday night after he committed, that Oklahoma was where he wanted to be. His family's preference was Miami. And so, until the day, and I don't foresee that day ever coming, where David Stone's preference is Miami, it's going to be really, really tough for anybody to sway him away from Oklahoma. Now, if you have a situation like you did a year ago with Peyton Bowen, where the onus behind him staying committed to Notre Dame was his mom's desire for him to go there more so than his desire to go there. Then it, it's a little easier to have optimism that that thing is going to turn on its head. Sure. Once signing day approaches and the kid realizes, Hey, this is my life. This is my path. This is, a decision that I have to make for
0: myself because it affects me more than anyone else. So when we even bring up the Williams-Wenary recruitment, we say, well, you know, Missouri has a bad year like we think that they're going to have this year, then, well, uh, watch out. We'll see. I don't think too many people have Miami projected to do awesome things this upcoming college football season, right? And maybe that's not exactly an apples-to-apples comparison between the two, the two recruits there, but... I think there's a chance that OU has a pretty good year, a much better year defensively, and Miami with Mario Cristobal is hanging around the 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five range. You, you, you get what I'm saying there? Kind of like with the, with the Missouri situation. I just wouldn't – I'm not picking Miami to win nine or ten games this year. I'm just not there with the Canes. Cherokee suitor, Todd Bates haters don't have the stones to talk today. I will see myself out. Have we heard from recruiting Doomer 1 and 2? And Todd Bates' nemesis today? I think Todd Bates' nemesis hit you guys up last hour, right? Todd Bates' nemesis did check in and just said, great
1: job, Todd Bates, or something along those lines. Recruiting Doomer also checked in and said, hey, guys, big OU fan, who committed last week? Yeah. So they're, they're staying lighthearted about it all.
0: Uh, Jay and Ellick, what position is Nigel Smith projected at in college? Nigel Smith is going to play
1: defensive end, and I I shared this anecdote, I believe, in the 12 o'clock hour. But the deal right now with Nigel Smith and the way that the Oklahoma staff has recruited him down the stretch is they brought him up for the spring game, and they told him to watch Rondell Bothroyd. And they said, that's what you're going to be in our defense. You're going to be Rondell Bothroyd. You're going to be the guy who's putting pressure on the quarterback, who's setting the edge in the run game, who's got his hand on the in the dirt every single snap. And who's just wreaking havoc from a traditional defensive end role? So that's what they see Nigel Smith doing as of right now.
0: How did everyone? Uh, be, because you didn't just watch the halftime announcement. I'm sure that you watched the first half as well, and maybe even the second half. How did everyone feel that uh, David Stone played on Saturday night? Huh? <laughs> like like what like what you see? I mean, well, and I think a lot of people liked what they saw with Jaden Jackson too. David
1: Stone obviously was the one who earned game MVP honors and. He dominated the headlines, but many circled back to a couple of clips where it's literally taking three offensive linemen to hold up Jaden Jackson. They're going, man, yeah, it's going to be nice to have
0: David Stone and Crimson Cream, but that guy, Jaden Jackson, he's going to be a ball player too. 918, speaking of flips, besides Williams-Wenary, is there anyone else that OU could flip in the 2024 class? Are we even going to go down the Pey- the Peyton Pierce path here? That's that's who immediately comes to mind yeah, for a could. Yeah, but, um, I mean, that's just it, – it's been it's been so long since he committed to Ohio State, and it, I, I don't know. I, I'm not ready to necessarily give up on that one, but Ohio State feels like they're obviously still in the, the best spot possible. As of right now, Warneri is the only guy
1: that I would consider a flip candidate. Ask me again if Michael Boganowski commits to Kansas State. Because one guy that Oklahoma could loop back around on, and who probably would have some interest in reevaluating things if Oklahoma were to loop back around on him, would be four-star safety Justin Denson, who's currently committed to Michigan State.
0: 405 also, could David Stone's commitment spur any chance of transfer of David Hicks to OU? Aren't they buddies? And wasn't it rumored that they wanted to play at OU during Hicks recruitment? Uh, That that would be news to me. I hadn't heard that either. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're buddies, no. Now,
1: it's... It's easy to say, yeah, five-star defensive linemen want to
0: play together, but in terms of the personal connection between the two, I I don't think it is that strong. Jim in Arlington, let Mizzou fans think David Stone is just okay, OU football is not a blue blood, and something. Uh, Is that what Missouri fans have been saying, OU's uh, not a blue blood? Of course they have. Not a very intelligent fan base, are they? Uh, The Missouri fans... Mm. uh, I take back anything nice I ever said about Missouri, Tyler. You were exactly right about Missouri. Meth is a hell of a drug up there in Columbia, <laughs> wow. Missouri. Yeah, that's it's it's proven to be true here. Uh, current rankings for this class: 24-7. It's got them at eleven. You've got uh, number four, uh, number fourteen via on three, and then rivals. OU is the number ten class right now, so top ten class according to rivals, and they're not done. I don't think that they're done just yet, landing a top one hundred players, but all the. All the future cast crystal balls for Dominant McKinley seem to be headed towards Texas. I saw a Texas, uh, a Rivals Texas guy and a national guy from Rivals do the factor fiction. Yes, Texas leads for Dominant McKinley. It would be it would be a surprise at this point if uh, if the pick were, were to be OU. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, we'll get into Grant Bricks. I haven't Ooh. talked to Parker in like a week and a half. What's, what's going on with Grant Bricks? Because we asked you two weeks ago. Outside David Stone, who's the most important prospect left in this class? A lot of you said Grant Bricks. We'll check in on that one coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Okay, a couple of news items that have happened since uh, we got on air. Thank you, Text Line, for pointing this out. Daniel Akinkumi, three-star offensive lineman from, uh, what, the NFL Academy in England. He has been fonged to OU. I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. We've been talking about Akinkumi for a couple of months now. But, uh, yeah, three-star inside offensive lineman, 6'4 half, three hundred and ten 310 pounds. He's fonged in. Okay, good, That. You probably feel good about that one being added to the uh, O-line class. Yeah, he's going to be taking his official visit this weekend, and he does have a couple other big-time offers from
1: out on the East Coast, i.e. Clemson and Miami. So I've been a little apprehensive in jumping on board with a prediction for Akin Kumi, especially because, naturally, he has not yet visited Oklahoma ever. So... I'm going to play this one slow, personally. I want to see how he reacts to the environment at Oklahoma. I want to see if he ends up scheduling subsequent official visits to Clemson and Miami. But on paper, there is a lot of reason to believe that a school like Oklahoma and a coach like Bill Biedenbow would have a ton of sway with a kid like Daniel me. Oklahoma has been regarded for some time as... Uh, the odds-on favorite probably where the safe money lies. That was before the Miami offer. That was before the Clemson offer. Again, that's that's my primary hang-up is just knowing that those other two schools are involved and that overseas guys typically gravitate towards schools closer to the ocean. But, yeah,
0: OU's got the opportunity
1: this weekend to make a big move in Akin recruitment.
0: 405. Alfred, you guys are out for blood today. Got to shove crystal ball in a locker on that kid too? LOL. Ou's fared quite well in the uh, OU Miami heads up recruiting battles, haven't they? As uh, so far in this cycle, they've they've gone pretty well. Uh, Danny Okoye confirmed what thirty seven minutes ago that he will be taking uh, an ov at OU this weekend. Do we do how, what do we read in, into that? Some would have already said that OU is the leader here. Um, does this change the timeline on Danny Okoye or this is just a really good opportunity for him to, to get up to Norman for a game? Yeah, no, it doesn't change the
1: timeline. This official visit has been on the books for a while now and Miguel Chavis is gonna be out at his game. Mention that. He'll be up in Tulsa to watch Okoye Friday night, and then once that game is over, Okoye is coming straight down to Norman to start his OV experience. So, big weekend for Oklahoma to make a big move in the recruitment of the four-star edge rusher and the top prospect in the 2024 class in the state of Oklahoma.
0: Nine one eight one question. How is Speedy working out in California? Not, not great, especially according to the LA Times, which I got a great... Is Bill Plasky that... Well, he predicted them to go twelve and zero. He basically said, "Well, with USC's schedule, they should go twelve and 0. One game and Bills bashing them on the front page of a uh, front page of the sports page of the LA Times. Ah, oh, it was great. I got a pretty good uh, Lincoln Riley open coming up at three o'clock today. that, oh, that uh, ought to be fun. That a lot of you might enjoy. Grant Bricks, OU and Nebraska. It's coming down to those two. Now, I heard you say with Steely. That the timeline is a little indefinite right now. Um, maybe there was a thought of, you know, the announcement could be coming early on in his season or before his season started, whatever. That seemingly moved back. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing for OU? Or tough to
1: tell? If I'm being candid, it's more of a bad thing than a good thing. If you're an Oklahoma fan and you're just cognizant of all of the factors that will dictate the outcome in the Bricks recruitment, you would like to see the kid decide relatively soon. Because once the dead period ends, on August 31st, come September 1st, recruits can start getting out and taking unofficial campus visits again. Lincoln, Nebraska is an hour away from Grant Bricks' hometown. Lord knows, Tyler, that if he is still undecided by the time September rolls around, Nebraska, every single week, is going to be getting on the phone with Grant Bricks and saying, hey, you want to come down for the game this weekend? Yeah, it's true. Quick, easy drive. Hey, come hang with the other commits. Come watch Matt Rule and this revitalized program take the field and tell us you don't want to be here close to home in ag country, Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, from the Oklahoma perspective – if you're recruiting a guy from Western Iowa who plays every single Friday night at 7 p.m., without exception, that, you look at his high school team's schedule for the rest of the year, they play every single Friday night. A lot of times you'll get teams that play on Thursdays, and their schedule varies little throughout the season. That's not the case for Bricks. His team plays every Friday night at 7 p.m. So if you're playing every Friday night at 7 p.m., you're wrapping up t- 10, 10.30 on any given evening, it is a haul to get to Norman, Oklahoma in the span of one morning, fresh off going to bed at, say, 11, 11.30. For an 11 a.m.
0: kick at OU. Especially
1: if – like, there's – you, 11 You're not making suck. it for an 11 a.m. kick. Correct. It's simply not happening. Yeah, you can't. So, do not expect Grant Bricks back in Norman for any 11 a.m. kick. Even a 2.30 kick at that point, Even an 11 a.m. kick,
0: e- even if he was able to make it, what are you doing, like, getting there right before game time, seeing the game, and, like, you don't really get the full – overall experience that's uh, another reason why i think the staff hates 11 a.m home games again lincoln nebraska is an
1: hour away all grant bricks has to do is get in the car at 8 30 on saturday morning if say nebraska has an 11 a.m kick all he's got to do is get in the car at 8 30 and he's rolling into lincoln no later than 10 even with traffic for oklahoma let's say ou has a 230 kick let's say they don't get shafted and get the 11 a.m start time let's say they kick at 230 You're going to bed at, say, 1130 on a Friday night after playing a game. You have to get up at 530 a.m. to get on the road, allow yourself time to stop for gas and meals, and get to Oklahoma an hour, hour and a half before kick to start congregating with the other recruits that are present.
0: A lot goes into it. It's a lot easier to get to Lincoln, Nebraska,
1: is what you're saying.
0: All that to say, the longer this lasts, and it's kind of the same
1: with Michael Boganowski in Kansas State right now, The longer this drags out, the better things are going to look for the program that is geographically closest to home. For Boganowski,
0: that is Kansas State. For Bricks, that is Nebraska. Spence and says Oklahoma recruiting offensive side of the ball this cycle. Yes, in fact, Spence, OU is recruiting offensive players this cycle. They even have the number one running back in the class right now in five-star Taylor Tatum. That is happening. Uh, Okay, so we've got the first falls on Friday, all right? So the heralded K-Ref Recruiter of the Month voting, I, is there anything to where Todd Bates and Ronnie Crimson aren't going to be K-Ref Recruiter of the Months for the month of August? Like, could, could anything realistically happen for those two not to be K-Ref Recruiter of the Months? Anything at all? Williams when Airy flips and Shavis, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's maybe it. the one thing,
1: like. Outside of that, no, it's it's an arm wrestling match between Todd Bates and Ronnie Crimson. Which if it's an arm wrestling match,
0: we'll set that up Thursday night to see who gets K Ref Recruiter of the
1: Month. Yeah, I if it's an arm wrestling match between Todd Bates and Ronnie Crimson, sorry
0: Ronnie Crimson, I'm going with Todd
1: Bates. So Uh,
0: do they not have airports in Iowa? LOL. Uh, Can we not fly him? Says the 580. Everyone's wondering why uh, Grant Grant Bricks can't just fly into uh, Norman or (laughs) OKC, and he's got to drive. Everyone's uh, asking that question right now. The only place he's ever flown
1: for a visit, I think, an official visit that is, is he, he always drives to Oklahoma. He and his family, they always drive to Oklahoma. They never fly. And I don't think there are direct flights from Omaha to Oklahoma City. So if you want to make that flight, you have to connect. And at that point, it's going to be, you know, five, six hours total travel time.
0: Camo Center, hopefully Grant Bricks isn't a fan of Runzes. Accurate, yes. Hopefully that's the case. Nine one eight Grinch's D sucks, but boy, oh boy, that Zachariah Branch kid is a freaking stud. And mm. <laughs> as much as I can't stand them, watching them defensively was hilarious on Saturday night. But Zach Branch, he is uh, he's real good. I think uh, Joel Clat went as far to say that it's USC's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's he's an electric player for sure. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Knippelmeier Chevrolet text line. One final segment of Locked In is coming up next. We'll talk more OU Cruton on the other side. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. Ken Implemire, Chevrolet text line. Bad Brad says, any word on Braden Platt? Well, All the word and the predictions recently have been pointing towards Oregon. At least all the recent predictions last week. Yeah, and like that was to Oregon.
1: Yeah. I... I would say ever since early July, Oregon has been the front runner for Braden Platt. And for a while now, it's been a two-team battle between OU and Oregon. But Oregon had the proximity advantage. Uh, they seemed to have the upper hand pretty early on this summer. Uh, didn't feel like there was as much momentum coming out of Braden Platt's Oklahoma as official as you would have liked. And ultimately, I, I do think he commits to the Ducks next week.
0: Eric in Dallas, what's this crap on Bleacher that Stone has flipped? Bleacher, Bleacher. reports is is that saying David Stone has flipped? I I have not seen that, Eric, but that is that is not true. <laughs> Bleacher, is Bleacher report really say, saying that? I, I, I man, I mean, Bleacher Bleacher report. It, it, well, first
1: off, and I don't know for a fact that that's coming from Bleacher report. Maybe it's coming from a parody account, but like. Isn't Bleacher Report much much less of a big thing than it used to be? Like, it feels like circa 2014, 2015. They were
0: advertising, like, during NBA games. Remember when you would see Bleacher Report yeah. being advertised? Yeah, in Bleacher NBA Report was a games, huge deal. Now it's just like, oh, Bleacher Report? Like, it's almost, I'm, almost like the BuzzFeed of sports. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brad from Shawnee, how many OVs and or unofficial visits scheduled for this weekend? So we know Akin Kumi. We know Danny Okoye. Those are your OVs. Those are your, your only two OVs. And then we'll see who comes on. Maybe comes in maybe unofficially. There's,
1: there's one particular unofficial visitor that's going to be in town uh, that is very high profile, top 50 player in the country. Unofficial visitor, mind you. Is and it a 25 kid if, from the state of Texas? Nah, it, it, this is class of 24. And if you want all the details, head to OUinsider.com. Hmm. I I know many of our listeners already subscribe over there, but if you don't, uh, trust me, this is a nugget that you're going to want to be aware of. Top 50
0: player in this year's recruiting class will be at OU unofficially this weekend. Yeah. In
1: addition to it, by the way, if you want to talk about maybe the highest profile official visitor overall, the kid from Nixon, Missouri, Jackson Cantwell, currently the number four player in the 2026 class. Have, do you
0: know the backstory on that kid? Uh, I'm unfamiliar with it.
1: His dad was an Olympian silver medalist in I, I want to say it was the shot put. So this kid, as a freshman last year, was I think six foot eight, already north of 300 pounds and literally has world class strength. So he is going to be the most coveted offensive line prospect in the class of 2026. He's already been to Norman on multiple occasions and he'll be back for another unofficial visit this week.
0: Scrolling through the top 50 on rivals to see who it could be who is going to be uh, in town unofficially and I think I know who it is. yeah he's going to be wearing his OU gloves and his OU cleats just like his past two games at LSN. It's Williams <laughs> Winy <Swinieri> now <laughs> well, I, 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 I am curious.
1: I am curious. I don't have a confirmation of this, and I doubt I would be able to get it. But I'm curious to see whether Williams Nguyenary shows up, not necessarily this week, but in the not-too-distant future to Oklahoma. I know his teammate, Kamari Moore, who's committed to Oklahoma, he's coming down this week. so uh We'll see if at any point Winnery decides he wants to tag along with the rest of the LSN crew because there'll be regulars in Norman.
0: 405, would Parker recap the read on Williams-Winnery after making it up to LSN? Sorry if covered already, just tuned in. It's just... It's just very... It's very interesting right now, is it not? The OU cleats and the OU gloves a few days after committing to Missouri and then he does it again, it's... I, It's just... It's at a very... It, we are definitely watching and maybe in a wait-and-see mode. I don't know, but we are continuing to monitor the situation. Yeah, look, I
1: I took a lot of flack over the williams Winery deal and especially over his commitment to Missouri over Oklahoma. But at, at the end of the day, people can sit here and say, you were wrong, you were wrong, you were wrong. And I really don't have any choice but to take that. I'll say this much. It feels similar to the Peyton Bowen ordeal last year. And... If Peyton Bowen had put P.M. on his letter of intent for the Oregon Ducks, <laughs> the narrative forever would have been, "Ah, oh, they were so wrong about Peyton Bowen in Oklahoma. That wouldn't have been true, but that would have been the narrative, right? Yeah, sure. And so I, I can't promise any particular outcome here. All I know is I've spent close to two years around that kid, getting to know him, getting to know folks around Lee's Summit North. I... I believe I have a pretty good handle on the situation. And my read on it is that Nuaneri would prefer Oklahoma. The family would prefer Missouri. And it's going to be that tension that has to get resolved one way or the other before the kid puts pen to paper on signing day, whether that's for OU or Missouri.
0: By the way, Lebby and Roof did talk to the media today. Uh, Lebby spoke on keeping top in-state talent at OU, and he said, quote, Coach V, the first day when he got here, talking about being inside out and understanding what our footprint is, who we are, and making us go get the best players from the state. So it's been a huge focus for us, and they've done exactly that. Any other big takeaway for the media avail today with uh, Lebby and Roof? Ted, I, I can't remember what question he was answering, but
1: at one point, Ted Roof like, literally did not elaborate at all. He, it was Ryan Chapman that asked, asked the question. I forget what the question was, but Ted Roof was just like, yes. <laughs> <And> then everybody <laughs> sat there waiting for him to go on, and he didn't say he anything else. He was done he was after like, that.
0: yes. Like, okay, Ted. So we're going to label this. I, I mean, look, if Akin Kumi's in town, Danny Okoye, and a top 50 player in this class— in terms of what you might get the rest of the year, this is a big recruiting weekend for OU on the heels of the uh, David Stone decision. This is a big recruiting weekend for OU, for Could sure. Could be the biggest recruiting maybe, weekend of the maybe fall. Maybe the biggest one of the entire season, yeah. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.